Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, guys, to Dark RX, a dark medicine podcast with your hosts, Cassie and Casey. Hello! <laughs> you can keep the part where the chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> Letting y'all know I'm still eating Christmas candy. Yeah. It's excellent. It's still solid. Mm-hmm. Is that peppermint bark to your deli? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never gets out of style. Mm-hmm. Still got your Christmas gnome out, too, I see. That's H.H. Uh, H. Gnomes, and he is the... That's my cookie jar. He's not a Christmas gnome. Yeah, he's a Christmas Christmas. He's not. There's not anything on him that says Christmas. He's got a gray body and a red hat. Yeah. And he was out for Christmas. Yeah, because he's cute. And he's a Christmas elf. He's not a... He's a gnome. No, Christmas gnome. Christmas gnome. He's it's not a, a Christmas gnome. He's just a gnome. Yeah, he's actually a serial killer gnome. He's H.H. Gnomes. We have to be different somewhere, and I guess that's where we draw the line. Cassie just doesn't want to admit that she thinks he's cute, too. He's not for Christmas. Cassie has no sense of style. Anyway, can we get into part two? Because I'm really actually like on the edge of my seat about what's next. It can't get any worse than... It can. It can and it will. Don't worry. So last episode, I left you off with our first ever successful organ transplant, the skin graft in 1869. And instead of staying on that timeline, I'm going to Missy Elliott for you. I'm going to put my thing down, flip it, reverse it. (gasps) I hope you have a DeLorean powered up because boom, boom, let's go. Oh my God, where are we going? Let's now zoom into the 16th century Italy. This is where we're going to meet Mr. Italian surgeon Gasparo Tagliacozzi. Damn, that was like... That was really good. That was excellent. We like had the hand gesture and everything. I know, you can't can't see it, guys, but I'm doing it. I'm doing the the Italian. Damn. I'm taken back by that. Good job, Aaron. Italians are going to email us. That's not even how you pronounce that. Um, you <laughs> fucked that real up. We're actually super offended. You said something horrible. I'm so and sorry. What hand gesture were you doing when you did that? Just, just the meatball Italian. Like when you go to Subway and you're like, I want the Italian meatball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's late. Margarita's 100% it kicked in. Yeah. Anyway. We're so, still on uh, Dark RX at night. <laughs> part two. Late night with Dark RX. I'm not Batman. It's a lot weirder and a lot darker. Darker. Because <laughs> it's nighttime. You do sound like Batman. <laughs> like Lego I was Batman. Lego Batman. Oh, that was excellent. Anyway. All right. So he was famous for reconstructing noses and ears by using the skin from the patient's arms. I know I said I was done talking about skin, but fucking Christ. The organ timeline is not done talking about skin. So it's a huge organ, man. It is, it is the largest organ, as yeah. you may remember. It's used for a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he anyway, he was 
he would reconstruct the noses and ears by using skin from patients' arms. But the reason I want to bring him up is that he is actually the first to ever record transplant rejection. Although at the time he didn't call it that because he didn't understand that's what it was and he didn't know what the full picture of this was. So he noted that the skin from a different donor usually caused the procedure to fail, a natural immune response with organ transplants. This is still a problem we see today. Yep. Yep. So it would not be until the 1960s. This is the 16th century. It will not be until the 1960s for immunosuppression medications to be created. The immune response was and still is the biggest challenge that is faced with any transplant, human to human, or even animal to human, which is why in the early 1900s, Europe, renal failure patients were experimented on by receiving kidney transplants from multiple animals, monkeys, pigs, goats, etc. I don't know what the etc. is. They never, ever tell me. I kept <sighs> looking. I was like, I want the full list yeah. of all of the animals, kidneys that you have tried. So, none of the recipients ever lived for more than a few days from this. So, for example, in 1909 in France, a child suffering with kidney failure had slices of rabbit kidney inserted. And initially, the results were like, oh, this looks good. This might, this might work. Oh, oh, shit. However, the child died about two weeks later. So, the positive result that they thought they were getting yeah. was they were... Um, Actually, they had successful urine production for the first hour after the transplant, but then it ceased to function completely, and it eventually caused death. So they knew a transplant was possible. They just had absolutely no idea what the barriers were at the time that they needed to cross over to even make this successful, which is why this will lead me straight to our next crazy adventure in transplants. Okay. Honestly, I did not expect to see this as our next successful in transplant in the timeline. In fact, with how our track records go, with the off-the-wall attempts at anything medical in the early 19th and 20th centuries, the fact that this was successful is nothing short of a miracle or proof that alien technology was present. Oh. Yep. Our next organ is none other than the human eye, specifically the first full-thickness corneal transplant. So let me introduce you to Dr. Edward Zerm. He's an Austrian ophthalmologist. And throughout the 1800s, there was a number of unsuccessful attempts at keratoplasty, which is corneal transplants. So they would try and use animal and human graft tissue. It took them until 1905 for someone to finally get it right. The patient was a 45-year-old farmer, and he had bilateral corneas that turned white, gray, and opaque for at least a year due to work with slacking lime. Slacking is the term used for the chemical reaction that actually occurs with quicklime, which is calcium oxide, and it's mixed with water. Mm -hmm. This reaction is commonly performed with an excess of water, and it creates this slurry of solid calcium hydroxide particles that float in the water, (laughs) and it's commonly called lime slurry or milk of lime. Basically, it's a chemical that'll fuck your fucking eyeballs up if it gets repeatedly exposed. Yeah, and he was just, like, working around it 24-7. Yes. You can now thank Goggles and OSHA for better working conditions than what they had back then. So. Thank you, OSHA. Thank you. Uh, right. So, at this same time, a second patient comes into play. We have an 11-year-old boy who had a penetrating injury to both of his eyes with iron metal foreign bodies that were irretrievably stuck in his eyeballs. After attempts were made to save the 11-year-old's eyes with no avail, Zerm looked at the father and was like, this is what I got. You're going to put these cow eyeballs up in there? (laughs) No. 
So Zerm got permission from the dad to enucleate the eyes, which is remove them. Cool. And he saves the corneas for the transplant into the farmer's eyes. So kind of opposite of what we'd normally see because they're always trying to save the children's eyeballs. Yeah. Not an adult's, but I guess at this point he was like, we're not saving this kid's eyes. Okay. Yeah. So there was success there. There was success. Okay. <laughs> one eyeball, like one transplant went excellent and the other one had complications. But to be honest, that's pretty awesome and expected because Zerm didn't even have the current microsurgical instruments that we use now and had to literally suture the donor cornea to the host tissue. Also, there was no such thing as asepsis and anesthesia is nowhere near where we have today. So there was a higher infection risk and so much pain involved with this. It's the early 1900s. I want to say silk was being weaned out at this point. Cat, there was something called cat gut that was literally made from cats. The cats. Gut. Where they were like cutting. Yeah. Do you know they make violin strings like that? They also make suture. It's one of the older sutures. I wonder if they make that. Huh. Maybe. God only knows. Who knows? So. Fun fact. This doc is also credited with introducing the idea of emotional intelligence because he wrote poems and stories as a, as a hobby and actually talked about emotional intelligence. He just didn't call it that. To this success comes our next pioneer in 1912, Mr. Alexis Carell. No relation to Steve, I guess. I don't actually know if he's related to Steve Carell, but it, who knows? Anyways, Alexis was a French surgeon and he was credited for developing methods to connect blood vessels and conducted the first ever successful kidney transplants on dogs. So he received the Nobel Prize for his achievement and is noted for working with famous aviator Charles Lindbergh. And if you remember the Lindbergh baby, Dr. Bass got to examine his bones in my body farm series. Recommend you go back and listen to that. And he, they actually invented an, a device for keeping organs viable outside of the body and will eventually lead us to artificial hearts, huh. which is, I had no idea that Charles Lindbergh was involved in that. So this invention is actually called the perfusion pump, and the whole story is really fascinating. So according to the Smithsonian Magazine, Lindbergh is a revolutionary in biomechanics, and this is why. This perfusion pump is a hand-blown, 18-inch high, clear Pyrex glass configuration, and it was used to keep organs viable outside the body. This is way advanced technology for this kind of shit. Way advanced. So here's how it works. <laughs> The device would supply or perfuse the organ with a steady flow of oxygenated blood or a synthetic substitute, which is where Alexis Carell comes in. Mm -hmm. So Carell had the fluid and Charles made the device, which was a three-chambered instrument that holds an organ in place. So the, quote, carotid artery was placed in connection with another tiny glass tube that connected that to a pump system. Air pressure would drive the fluid through the pump in a manner that mimics a steady blood flow in the body. Lindbergh was sent to Carell after his sister-in-law was diagnosed with life-threatening heart disease. And the surgeons basically were like, yeah, the surgery she needs to fix the problem would actually take longer than a heart could be removed from the body without causing permanent damage. And he was like, so do y'all have any way to fix that? And they're like, no, we haven't thought of anything yet. And he was like, so what are we going to do? And they're like, we can't do anything. <laughs> so that's what somebody was like. You should go talk to uh, Mr. Carell over here because he's trying to work on something like that. Mm 
1935, this instrument was created and an estimated total of 20 were ever made. Three actually still reside in the Smithsonian National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. right now. That's cool. Yep. These glass devices actually led us to develop the heart-lung machine and realize that we could feasibly stop the heart in order to do surgical procedures. Hmm. So, it's really interesting. Yeah, that, that is neat. The pilot, and he's mostly known for his horrible true crime of his child being taken and murdered, hmm. but he also did, like, incredible things as a pilot, and now he's also invented the first organ viable outside of the, I don't know, that's just fat. Like the man did a lot. Yeah. Granted, he also had some like ties with Nazis and shit like that. We don't want to talk about. So is he a hero? Maybe (laughs) it's kind of up in the air. I feel like his life is a balanced mixture of bad and good. So it's some terrible shit, but like he invented some good shit. So does that cancel? I don't know. I don't know. But this part's cool. Yeah. It's no matter what, the story's cool. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's an interesting read. All right, so we're moving right along. So now we're going to head to the year 1933. I told y'all we were going to be blasting into these timelines. Our first ever human kidney transplant attempt was made by a Ukrainian professor of experimental surgery. Yes, that's a thing. It's all experimental. He was a professor of experimental... (laughs) Dr. Yuri Voronoi. I'm so sorry. I don't think I'm pronouncing that way. I gotta go back to the Italian. I'm better at it. Anyway, so now the year 1936 was when this was actually published, but the accomplishment is often mistaken for the year it happened. So he they did he actually did this in 1933, but his stuff didn't get published in the Spanish journal until like 1936. So he's credited for the first human kidney allotransplant which is the transplantation of cells, tissues, organs to a recipient from a genetically non-identical donor of the same species. Do with that what you will. So he used a cadaver kidney. They said, I think I read something about like six, he's like six different cadaver kidneys. I don't, it was very complicated. The patient died two days after the transplant due to ABO incompatibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The patient was a 26-year-old female who had acute mercury poisoning after a suicide attempt. And she is the first person to ever receive a human kidney, not an animal at this point. In the 1930s? Yeah, 1933 is the first time we actually tried a human kidney in a human. I know. It's wild. Same thing with the blood. They it took forever to get so, blood, human to human blood. Yeah, because we need to do a whole episode on dialysis because we haven't even covered that yet. But the, before, they like acute renal failure has always been an issue. And so that the, the first way to solve the problem, they were like, they need new kidneys, which to this day is still like, if that's an, an option, that's an ideal option. Like if you can get a, new, a matching kidney, excellent. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, they were having, they were trying all kinds of shit. Monkeys were like the biggest ones that they tried. I mean, they were using all kinds of shit in people trying to get this to take. And none of them, it just was not happening. They would get them initially. It's the same kind of deal. Like, the one that we had earlier where they peed for like the first hour after surgery and they're like, this is a success. And then it would immediately cut off. So there was said to be a very long period of ischemia with the donor kidney that went into this 26 year old. Um, we don't actually know how long the, the kidney was ischemic. Um, so along with that and the incorrect blood grouping, she had no, no no chance. 
Um, the failure did lead us to our now very successful transplants of kidneys in patients around the world, though. So that is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, if she wouldn't have tried to kill herself, we might not have successful kidney transplants. Yeah. Which is really sad. Um, so before this attempt, there had been a multitude of failed attempts with xenotransplantation of kidneys. So in the ni- in 1906, the first xeno kidney attempt was used it was using a pig kidney in a 49-year-old female with kidney failure caused by Bright's disease. You ever heard of that? So Bright's disease is a historical classification of kidney diseases that are now described as modern um, acute or chronic nephritis. Yeah. So it was characterized by swelling in the presence of albumin in your urine and frequently accompanied by high blood pressure and heart disease, which are two of the bigger kidney killers in us now. So in 1909, a German surgeon tried several fucking several xenotransplants they did not give a shit they just let him roll he took a stillborn baby's kidney and placed it in a monkey without any success okay Mm -hmm. all right yeah zero success there he then tried said fuck it he he transplanted both kidneys from a monkey into a 21 year old female with progressive kidney failure she died 32 hours after the surgery and it's not going to be until the year 1954 that we will find our first ever successful kidney transplant they have been trying this since 1900 minimum. They were probably trying this before, but in the early 1900s, it took 54 years minimum till we have our first ever successful kidney transplant. And I'm not going to tell you about that yet. I'm going to hold that for next time. That's where I'm stopping this story. God. Yep. It's. Oof. I guess it was just easier to do animals. I mean, where are you going to get all of those human kidneys from? Look, I mean, to be honest, I hate, I'm not, I'm not going to be that person that's like, animals are disposable because PETA will kill us, but (laughs) easier. Yeah. Like back, I mean, fuck that. They did not care about animals near as much as we do now. I mean, thankfully, like we've stopped like animal testing and all kinds of shit, but like, like the pigeon guy. Yeah. I mean, he didn't give, he literally was like, I don't give two fucks. Give me that baby bird. Like I can't. It's convenience. Huh? It's convenient. So yeah, and but what kills me is that they were they were like, okay, well dog to dog works. Like they could put that together. Yeah, they were yeah, like yeah. two like work. Yeah. Dog is nowhere near human. No. Monkey. Probably one I would argue one of the closer to the humans and still not human. <laughs> it's not human. I know. It would have made more sense to try the dead human kidneys in patients before it would to in my mind to put the monkey kidneys in yeah, humans i guess they just really wanted the animal thing to work and that would have been a Look, that'd huge huge that'd be huge yeah huge imagine if maybe it's like a maybe it's a a freaking elephant kidney that fits into a human and that is the cure and only because nobody's ever done it we don't know about it I don't know if anybody's ever tried that. I feel like that's kind of shit they keep under wraps and they don't really tell people. They're like, yeah, we fucking tried that. It was terrible. I guess they were like, look, if I can just find this, I can get a a Nobel Prize for this. And I could be, I mean, just the king of the world for being the person to finally find the correct animal to human transplant. It's wild. I think, so I'm going to get into it there. Xenotransplantation is still a huge it's, it's kind of right up there, like, stem cell research kind of deal. It's just, like, it's a very, is this right? Is this moral kind of grounds? Is it is it actually successful? Because 
in order to get to success, I mean, you're like, we've already tracked that with all of our episodes. You have to go through some pretty fucking awful things first in order to realize that doesn't work. So even nowadays, I mean, they're, they, yes, they use like artificial, we use artificial valves. We use pig valves in patients and stuff. But I don't think, I want to say I looked it up and I want to say that they, we have not had a successful actual whole organ at all transplant. So weird. Yeah. I mean, if it works, great. If it works, I mean. All right. Well, we'll find out next episode. Yes, you will. All right, guys. Please don't forget to um, like us, subscribe to us, all the things. Yeah, go to iTunes. Please leave us a review, good or bad. Publicity is publicity. Nope. That's the word. That is the word. (laughs) It's late and we're tired and uh, that's it for Dark Rx at Night. (laughs) Dark Rx at Night. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.